Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As unprecedented current events unfold in the world today, Pastor J.D. encourages us that God is in complete control. He hasn't let the situation get out of hand or become surprised by any of it. No, even if the United States falls apart, which Pastor J.D. believes must happen according to the Bible, God's plan is underway. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 7th, 2020. What's even more interesting in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38 is that it mentions by their ancient name, Saudi Arabia, Sheba and Dedan, along with Tarshish, and the young lions thereof, as only protesting, questioning this invasion. Uh, There was an article last week, I just, I didn't have time to include everything. If I did include everything, we'd be here until next week, and then I wouldn't have a prophecy update for next week. So, (laughs) but uh, uh, breaking news last week was that Saudi Arabia is now uh, by Jordan, allowed to be a part of what if? What is what if? What if is an Arabic word meaning halt or stop. And what if is the foundation currently in control of the Temple Mount. And what is so fascinating is that now all of a sudden Saudi Arabia, who has had a very warm relationship with Israel in the last 18 to 24 months, exactly as we're told in Ezekiel 38, will now have a role, a prominent role, as it relates to the Temple Mount. For those of you who are students of Bible prophecy, this is very significant, and it is very important prophetically. So back to America. There are some who hold to the belief that the reference in Ezekiel 38 verse 13 of Saudi Arabia, Sheba and Dedan, and Tarshish, and the young lions thereof, is a reference to the UK and the US. Can't be dogmatic about it. It is possible, certainly, and it would seem to fit, certainly. Because if that's the case, then that would make sense because there are no nations that stand with Israel when this prophecy is fulfilled and this allied attack and invasion takes place. In fact, talk about a detailed prophecy, we're even told very detailed, very specific, the purpose of God Himself putting a hook in the jaw 
of Gog, this leader, to bring him and his alliance of nations against his people Israel. God himself hooks them into this. Why would God do that? Oh, we're told why. So that they will know (laughs) that He is God. When they see the decimating, and I mean devastating defeat, and complete annihilation of this allied invasion. I mean, against all odds, there's no explanation other than it was a supernatural manifestation of the mighty hand of God on behalf of His people Israel. So, where's America? Well, if those who suggest that Tarshish is the UK and the young lions thereof are the young nation of the United States of America, then it's a very ambiguous reference to America, and America has somehow been reduced to this position of merely protesting or questioning this invasion of Israel, and is nowhere to be found as it relates to standing with Israel. So we still have this question on the table, don't we? What happens to America? Could it be that America has to first be destroyed and taken out of the way prior to this alliance of nations invading Israel? I would have to answer, yes it does. I wish it were not so, but it is. I realize I run the risk of reading too much into this, but on Tuesday, the world's largest free-flying American flag was torn in half after severe thunderstorms in Wisconsin. That was Tuesday. On Thursday, the Washington Monument was seen being hit by lightning. There's a video online of the storms over Washington, D.C. It actually injured two members of the National Guard. Is this just mere coincidence? Perhaps. I don't really know. But what I do know is that there is an agenda to destroy America. And sadly, said agenda has been in place for many, many decades. However, it seems to now be on warp speed, so to speak. Dare I say that there are those alive today who are quite literally hell-bent on the destruction 
of the United States of America. Back on January 25th, the Washington Times ran an op-ed piece about how George Soros, at age 89, is still on a quest to destroy America. In it, the writer says, George Soros is 89 years old, but by gosh, before he dies, he's going to see to the internal destruction of America. At least that's how it seems. In Davos, Switzerland, Soros announced the infusion of one billion with a B dollars into a new open society to fund schools around the world, to educate against nationalism is how the Financial Times reported it. In other words, to train the next generation in the evils of sovereignty, to teach the emerging youth how to become good, obedient citizens of the world. Soros calls it his, quote, most important and enduring project ever. Close quote. No wonder it truly could be. If successful, it could mean the collapse of borders, hmm, the implementation of world government, and the end of America as we know it. Doubtless you saw the same images that I saw. Pallets of bricks stacked high, delivered to the streets of the cities in this nation. Pretty sure it wasn't delivered there by glass companies needing business. You'll forgive the humor or the attempt at it. It was bought and paid for signed, sealed, and delivered by none other than George Soros and the evil, I believe, demon-possessed actors like him. That's pretty strong, Pastor. Well, maybe it needs to be. You'll forgive me for the sanctified sarcasm. That's a pastor's way of making it sound more palatable and <laughs> more pastoral, it's sanctified sarcasm. If I'm not mistaken, aren't we still supposed to be in a pandemic? No, I'm... Is it just me? Or It seems it's now okay for the masses to riot for injustice. But it's not okay for the churches to assemble and worship Jesus. It's not okay for businesses to reopen and have a livelihood and an income again. It's not okay for those employees to come back to a job that they pray they still have. But you can go out and protest. 
On Friday, Tucker Carlson of Fox News had Lara Logan on his program talking about social justice versus social distancing. This is interesting. Pictured here is a screenshot with the caption stating that, quote, Health experts say you should still close your business and stay indoors unless it's to protest. Hmm. Oh, it gets worse. They're actually referencing this letter that was apparently signed by over 1,000 health experts who say, in effect, protests are, quote, vital to the public health. Here are a couple of excerpts from that letter. Quote, as public health advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings <laughs> as risky for COVID-19 transmission. This should not be confused with a permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-home orders. Okay, wait, 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 what? Wait, so these health experts don't condemn these gatherings. Oh, they're just gatherings. So it's okay. You can do that. You can, you can protest the injustice, <laughs> but it's not okay. You can't protest that we want you to stay home. You know, the Apostle Paul says the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And God Himself will send this strong delusion, this powerful deception, if you prefer, and people are going to believe it. Why? Because they rejected the truth. People believe this. You know, police on the mainland, they're, they're just, they're getting murdered. You know that, right? Oh, but pastor, you know, what about George Floyd? Okay. They're, they're calling, let this sink in. They're calling for the defunding and dismantling of the police. Let that sink in. Well, wait a minute, what are you saying, Pastor? You're, you're pro-police? Yeah. I'm also, um, now let me just say this, it's not about that. And if you think that, you have bought hook, line, and sinker into the lie and the deception and the delusion. This has nothing to do with race. Nothing to do with race. To me, it's becoming increasingly obvious 
that we, particularly here in America, are in lockstep, I'm using that wording for a reason, with tighter government control. That's what this is about. Last week an online member sent me this report from none other than the Rockefeller Foundation and Global Business Network that was actually produced 10 years ago in May of 2010. You can actually search this online. It is a PDF file. I downloaded it and the report bears the title of Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. I want to draw your attention to pages 18 and 19 under the heading of Lockstep, a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. Notice the heading there on this page 18 of surveillance cameras under the heading of lockstep. As I quote some excerpts from this report, keep in mind that it's a script of sorts simulating future scenarios, chief of which would be a global pandemic. Ten years ago, quote, this is in 2010, quote, in 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit. Even the most pandemic prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world. The pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt, debilitating industries like tourism and breaking global supply chains. Even locally, Normally bustling shops and office buildings sat empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. The pandemic blanketed the planet. The United States' initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens from flying proved deadly in its leniency accelerating the spread of the virus, not just within the U.S., but across borders. However, a few countries did fare better. China, in particular. During the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions from mandatory wearing of a face mask to body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. 
Even after the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified in order to protect themselves from the spread of increasingly global problems from pandemics and, get this, transnational terrorism to environmental crises and rising poverty, leaders around the world took a firmer grip on power. At first, the notion of a more controlled world gained wide acceptance and approval. Citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. Peace and security? Citizens were more tolerant and even eager for top-down direction and oversight, and national leaders had more latitude to impose order in the ways they saw fit. In developed countries, this heightened oversight took many forms. Biometric IDs for all citizens, for example, and tighter regulation of key industries whose stability was deemed vital to national interests. Oh my goodness. Yesterday I posted on social media a very well must-read article from Barry Maguire titled, What Happened to America? In it he writes, behind the scenes there are godless, well-funded power brokers, globalists, who want to usher in a new world order with a one world religion and a one world government. A Google search quickly identifies who they are. He then quotes David Rockefeller, who said, and I quote, We are on the verge of global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept a new world order. In prior updates I've quoted many, one of whom is Henry Kissinger and others like him, all of whom have said the same thing. We have a global crisis. The only way to deal with a global crisis is with a global government and a global leader. That's where this is going. And that's why this is happening. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. 
Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.